0: Let's go back to the time when working in a funeral home services had to keep up with the pandemic. Everyone has a story. I'm your host, Chris Moore. Welcome to The Time When, a podcast exploring the lives of everyday people. Now is the perfect time to hit pause and subscribe to the show and leave a review. For additional information pertaining to each episode and to find out our monthly book club choice, visit our website thetimewhen.net. Hello everybody. Today's guest is Public Relations Director at Choice Funeral Homes in Philadelphia, PA, and he is an ordained elder and serves as pastor of the National Temple Worship Center, TC Cartwright. Hello. Uh, today i thought it'd be a very interesting topic to talk about how funeral homes have been dealing with um everything with the covid and the restrictions on the amount of people that could come to funerals and stuff like that but before we talk about that today uh let's talk about your path into getting into the funeral home industry
1: wow um yeah i actually uh march of of this year, March of 2020, was 10 years um, that um, I've been working in funeral service now. Um, wow. I actually got into funeral service uh, because I was a musician. Mm-hmm. I was a musician, and initially I came in uh, as an organist, and at the time, uh, of course, I, I got all of my training from the House of Right Mortuary in Wilmington
0: mm-hmm. in Smyrna,
1: Delaware. Uh, that's where I got all my training from, and I initially came in as a musician, ended up uh they end up needing help mm. uh, I, it was a it was a busy week and you know they asked could I um instead of playing for the service could I you know could I work and you know drive the hearse mm. and uh that was yeah that was 10 years ago and uh, here I am now uh, 2020 been doing this for 10 years and then of course I end up marrying into a family a funeral service and so um I ended up leaving House of Right in 2015 and end up coming to uh, Choice Funeral Home in, in tw- 2015. Yeah, so I've been at Choice for five years. But, uh, but yeah, that's how, I, that's how I initially got started. And then, um, you know, they say in the industry, once you get sucked in, you kind of stay there. So <laughs> <laughs> here I am. I'm sure I'll be doing this until the day
0: I die. So Yeah. yeah. Did, you, did you have to go through an adjustment to get used to being around the, the deceased? The deceased uh,
1: it was honestly um initially uh it, it would give me chills mm-hmm. especially when it was like young people like my age bracket because you know you're like looking at them like oh my god you know this could be me right um, you know when you hear about people like they're young in their 20s and you know they die from car accidents and things of that nature and you're like darn mm-hmm. you know we're the same age you know they, they right. would freak me out i felt like the you know, like the older people, not that they're supposed to die, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that, but, you right. know, when they're older and they live the life and they have family, they have grandchildren and children and great-grandchildren, it's like, oh, okay, you know, um, mm-hmm. you know, I guess, you know, they died of old age, you know, Right. but when somebody's young, it, it, it used to give me so, so many chills, but I don't even know, somewhere in it, somewhere along the way, I ended up, uh, the fear just left me, and now, man, it's, it's everyday, you know, it's an everyday phenomenon now, you know, so it doesn't bother me.
0: Do you do like the actual preparation of the of the bodies for the funerals or do you just kind of handle the funeral services? No,
1: so um I um I used to not as much anymore because I'm now um more or less on like, you know, the, the operation side of things. But uh yes, initially I did help out with like dressing deceased, um, you know, doing hair, doing makeup and things of that nature. Yeah, I did. I did that for years. Um not so much anymore. Um mm-hmm. uh but every now and again I do uh if we get busy I'll go down and uh, and assist. You
0: know? Wow. What uh what's the most challenging part of working in the funeral home industry?
1: Uh, for me,
0: I think the most challenging part
1: is, um, is time management. Mm. Uh, because the demand, um, um, you know, is, is so great.
0: Mm-hmm. Your
1: time, it, it's not like I can, you know, like being uh, a, a teacher, for instance, even though right. you guys bring your work home, because I, you know, my brother Carlton, of course, you know, watching him, I know he used to bring home and grade papers, but still, mm-hmm. you don't, you know, you don't have anybody calling you at two in the morning, right. say, hey, I need, I need to talk to you about, uh, my paper, you know? Right. Um, in funeral service, when we leave at five o'clock, we still don't know what the day is going to bring, you know? Right. Um, two years ago, I remember at Thanksgiving, we, um, we had like four calls or four or five calls all on Thanksgiving day. And, um, you know, so we had to walk into the, you know, homes of families that were getting ready for Thanksgiving dinner and their loved ones transition. Right. So, I think for me, that's the most challenging part because you still have a family. You know, I have a young family. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, sometimes I feel like, you know, I, I'm kind of stretched thin uh, because uh, the work can be so demanding. Um, you know, and especially um, in the midst of this this pandemic that we're in, you know, from the from the funeral director's standpoint, it's it's very challenging um, just because it's an increase in volume. But for me, the most challenging part is just time management. I'm usually on call. If I'm not on call, my wife is on call. So our household in general is just constantly on call. If you call the funeral home after five o'clock, you'll either get myself or, or my wife. And so that's the most challenging part because it, it's kind of like you, you're like kind of live your life on eggshells because... You don't want to plan things, Uh, you know. For us, vacations and things like that are kind of difficult to plan, simply because you know we're at the, you know, at the helm of the um, the ship, which is running the business, you know.
0: Yeah, you know, I never even really thought about that, but yeah, you know, I guess you're you're constantly on call, like you know. Yeah. Wow. What about the joys? What are the what are the joys of working in the freedom home ministry? Well, the joys
1: for me, um, the joys for me are just um, meeting people, honestly. Um, mm-hmm. Some of my, some of my closest friends now are some of the families uh, that I've served down through the years, wow. especially when I was, you know, well, I came to Newark, I guess 20, 2006, and then getting in into funeral service in 2010, four years. But since then, a lot of, you know, my closest friends now are families that we serve. So for me, just that networking side, you know, meeting people and, all kind of different people, you know. You meet, um, I mean, CEOs of businesses and corporations, and and things like that. And so, just meeting people, interacting with people. Of course, coming from a large family, mm-hmm. you know, we like people.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so
1: <laughs> we like people. So um, it's really good. Um, just just meeting people. I love that part of it.
0: Hmm. So I know you talked about right now the demand is high with the with the COVID with the pandemic, but, um, how else has the, uh, pandemic affected the, uh, industry? It
1: really has shed light on, I think in Philadelphia anyway, it shed light on, I guess, the good and the bad, meaning, uh, the funeral directors that are, are business people and those who are just kind of in it. Um, not, not really business people. I think the people who are compassionate and the people who are just kind of doing it just to do it. Um, you know, Mm -hmm. it was a little disheartening because, um, just in Philadelphia, it was in, it was on the front page of the Inquirer. There was a funeral director that actually was was mm-hmm. transporting people from the hospital to the medical examiner. He did it in the back of his pickup truck, and 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 the the, mm-hmm. the newspaper article shows him standing on top of somebody's loved ones on the back of his pickup truck
0: wow. and
1: he's just had like a rug over top wow. of him. And, um, and so the demand is great. And so for me, I mean, you know, I, especially when I first got in, so I want to serve everybody, my family, anybody connected to me, I want to deserve them, you know, because I felt like they deserve the best, mm-hmm. you know, they deserve the best and I know I could give it to them. And, but you know, it's just disheartening for me, not, not only are we busy, but it kind of separates those, you know, okay. Um, you know, we're going to have to say, you know what we, unfortunately, we can't take any more family you know um uh, you know mm, just because right. i want to do what's right in the eyes of the people um luckily you know uh, we didn't reach that point but but it was close honestly because um you know you're talking in a month of april you know we when we traditionally do um between 25 20 and 25 funerals in a month and you know we did 53. Mm-hmm. and so wow. you know that that's a that's a heavy demand not only that um, a lot of the people, uh because the recommendation was that they do a direct burial or direct cremation, a lot of people were getting cremated mm-hmm. and then the crematories actually shut down uh meaning they said for a week they wouldn 't accept anybody so now we have people that are are just you, traditionally we come and make arrangements you can take you directly to the crematory, be cremated we have your loved ones ashes back in a mm-hmm. in, in a few days now it 's like a few weeks now mm-hmm. you know, and so um wow. You know, it's just that demand, but I think for me, um, you know, not only was it demanding, but it also, you know, it, it kinda, you know, it separates the those who are professional and those who are unprofessional, you know. Um, and um mm-hmm. luckily we didn't you know, we we didn't have to get to that point, but it I mean it was it was close. It was almost there where we we're like, uh, we
0: can't do anymore. We can't, you know. Be- do you find that that difficult, like having that compassionate side and dealing with like people being sad, like you know? Because we kind of talk about like doctors maybe sometimes where they have to go in and tell families, you know, like hard news or something like that. Like, you know, like, do, does does it affect you sometimes? Like, do you have to bring it home, like seeing the people sad?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it does. Um, um, you know, uh, but for me. You know, I always put myself in a place and I mean that every time I sit down with a family, I'm like, okay, this is somebody's mother. So, you know, how would Mm -hmm. I want my mother to be treated? You know, this is somebody's grandfather. This is somebody's father. You know, how would I want them to be treated? Somebody's brother, you know, um, somebody's sister, you Mm -hmm. know, somebody's child, you know? And so for me, I always put myself in the eyes of the family and say, okay, um, you know, I want this done right. You know, the thing about funeral services, I can't come back tomorrow and say oh shucks I messed up I didn't get you the flowers you Mm -hmm. wanted I didn't get you the service you wanted so can we do this tomorrow you know I can't do it you know so we gotta execute every single time and so for me yes um, Mm -hmm. I think I bring it home um, not the grief um, because (sighs) I mean I'm not numb to death because people ask me that all the time like are you numb to it I'm not numb Mm -hmm. to it I just know we all have to go that way you know what I mean? So, so I'm not, right. I'm not like, Oh, oh well, you know, they, they were sick. No, I mean, I honestly, sometimes I'm shocked Uh just, just about two weeks ago, we, we funeralized a gentleman, an old, elderly gentleman, his wife came in. I sat down and talked to his wife, sweetest pie. I mean, honestly, we're talking and, you know, she's talking about the coronavirus. His funeral was scheduled for that Tuesday, that Tuesday morning, we get a call and, I, I couldn't even understand what the person was saying. They were just screaming, screaming, screaming. And I'm like, you know, what's 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 going on? And when she was, you know, we we're finally able to talk. Now, this lady who I had just spoke to a few days prior, her husband's funeral is scheduled for the next day. She's in the living room and dies. Mm-hmm. So we wow. have to postpone his funeral, which was scheduled that following day. And we ended up having a double mm-hmm. funeral the following week. And so, yeah, things like that. like wow. are Like, oh, my God, you know wow you know right you know i mean if you have a heart at all you know you're gonna oh my god you know your heart will go out to these people and so um yeah my heart goes out you know i i definitely don't um you know i'm not like uh insensitive to it you know because if you have any heart and especially if you're serving from your heart and i feel like anybody in funeral service they Mm -hmm. should be then you're going to feel their pain. You know, you're going right. to feel their pain. Um, but I yeah. try not to bring it home simply because my wife and I are both in it. You know, we, we work in funeral service every day. Right. And so, you know, I don't think that would be healthy for our marriage and for our family, you know. So we try to find, you know, mm-hmm. these, um, you know, we try to find these, um, the release, I guess, you know, that um, something yeah. to do, um, you know, whether it's a hobby or something. Um, that kind of relaxes your mind, and so you can kind of de- de-stress and depress.
0: Yeah, so. Wow. Yeah, that's good. What are, what are your thoughts on, like, having the smaller funerals right now during the pandemic? Well, um, th-
1: there are two things, honestly. Um, I think that, for me, something that I never really, un- I never really looked at it in, a, in a broad, uh, the broad uh, scheme of things, but that a lot of people do things for people. I'm, I'm like, mm-hmm. there are families that say, Oh, I'm not buying this, this for, for dad or mom, because nobody's gonna be there. And I'm, you know, and, and it, I, I'm really like thinking, I'm like, well, are, are you doing this for people? Or are you doing this for your mother, or your father, or, you know, your sister, your brother, you know, um, I think the small numbers is very difficult for families just because, um, you know, we got to stick to it. And I know everybody hasn't been adhering to it, but in Pennsylvania, the state board Mm -hmm. of funeral service, um, you know, they followed the CDC's guidelines and said 10 people or less. And so it was very difficult because you have family that said, oh, well, such and such funeral home said they'll do they, you know, they allow, you know, 50 people. And, you know, and I'm like, well, you need to go over mm-hmm. to such and such funeral home then, because, you know, <laughs> I'm not doing that, you know, because, you know, um, you know, there were yeah. even insurance companies. Honestly, there were insurance companies that sent out memorandums saying if 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 you have more than 10 people in your funeral home and, and someone is infected, we're not covering you. Because you're not Ooh, adhering to yeah. the CDC guidelines. And so, you know, it was bigger than, right. you know, um, oh, I want, you know, Aunt, May, Aunt Mabel and Aunt Anna Mae, and all of them there. Unfortunately, we cannot do it, you know. And so it was hard to stick to your guns, but we had to stick to our guns and saying, okay, it has to be 10 people and these 10 people only. And so that's, you know, that's what we had to do. Um, it was hard. A lot of families were angry, yeah. um, you know, because it's, it's, it's twofold you already dealing with grief some of your some of these families right. have died from the coronavirus and so even in hospitals mm-hmm. they're, you know you can't visit your loved ones so your loved ones are not only right. are they dying from the coronavirus they're dying alone and you can't you can't visit right. them and then you have to have a funeral with 10 people and so exactly. it's it's just yep. it's been very arduous for families and even for the funeral director to kind of um, comb through it. You know, it's it's very difficult, but you know we've gotten through it, and and families have gotten through it. You know, uh, we've served, we've been serving families mm-hmm. since March. Uh, March, I believe the, it was a twenty something when it when it came out from, from the cool. Pennsylvania State Board, and so for almost two months we've been doing funerals right. with either ten people, or less. And we've just been streaming the service. And that's, you know, that's what's been most helpful because people can just um, log on and still, you know, feel a part of the celebration
0: of life. Oh, okay, so you have been Correct. streaming the service. Correct, we have been streaming it. all our yeah. services. Well, you're also a senior pastor. Yeah, I and-, <laughs> 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 and so I've seen there been a debate on whether places of worship should reopen. Uh, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Um, well, I um my opinion is is that as a as a pastor, you know, we're supposed to be shepherds. Um, and, and we're supposed to be watchful and mindful of the sheep which are our parishioners. And so um for me, I feel that that the safety of our our parishioners is most important, not only their spiritual health, but their physical health as well. Mm-hmm. And so You know, Mm -hmm. uh, just like I go and visit family members and visit members at the hospital, I'm concerned about their health, Mm -hmm. right? And so as a pastor, for me, I can't be concerned about, more concerned with my church reopening than I am with, um, you know, the health and well-being of of the parishioners. And so um, for us, since the end of March, uh, we've been streaming live every Sunday, um, and I've been having the 10 people. I've, I've stuck yeah. to the CDC's guidelines, and we're just doing 10 people. Unfortunately, some churches are all about money. I'm, I'm sorry to say it, but they are, and, and they're making money, you know, um, the forefront of their argument, because there's no way that I can effectively do ministry when I have a possibility that I can contaminate my members. And so for me, I'm not doing. Mm-hmm. It, you know, I'm not yeah. doing it. And um, right. and so until you know the state offices reopen, and and um, the government offices reopen, then my church won't reopen because um, it's just not safe. It's just not safe. Mm-hmm. And that's that's got to be what's most important.
0: Do you think um, the future of either churches or or funerals will? Will have a like this COVID will have a lasting effect on the future of them, or you think it'll kind of go back?
1: Um, I don't, I don't honestly don't think church will ever be the same.
0: Um, just because, Mm
1: -hmm. um, for me anyway, in the city, um, I'm I'm in the heart of I'm in the heart of West Philadelphia, um, and I and I don't think Mm -hmm. church is. I don't think it'd ever be the same. For me, I feel like it kind of pushed me because I have a, I have a split church. I have like an older church. I took over a church that had been in existence since 1958. I mean, my grandfather was a part of this church uh, going back to the 60s, wow. you know? And so mm-hmm. for me, I have a split church. I have an older church and then I have a younger church. And so my younger mm-hmm. church had been pressing me for months to to go to live worship um, and online worship. And I'm like, ah, no, you know. Well, the COVID happened. I had to do it, you know? So I literally, it made me do it. It made me buy everything that I needed to go live every Sunday uh, via YouTube and Facebook. Mm -hmm. And so um, I think it will have a lasting impression. One is, you know, you don't have to necessarily be at church now. And that's, I mean, we've been saying that for years. Uh, Oh, you got to be in church. Oh, Mm -hmm. you got to be a member of a church and all of this. And um, But now now what happens? You know, some people haven't been in church in three months. So what are you saying about them? You know, Mm -hmm. are they not? Are they not saved? Are they not they not have a relationship with God because they're not in church? And so I think it will, honestly. I think it will have a lasting impression. Um, but um, you know, all things work together. So, you know, it'll it'll mm-hmm. be something good, I think, in the long run.
0: Yeah. What about for funerals? You think funerals will change in the future? Well,
1: I think so. I mean, I've never gone live for a funeral, ever. You know? And so now right um I, and I think it's better because there are so many times you have family members um uh, I have a funeral tomorrow i've got family out there in north carolina they're in Florida, and now they 'll be able right, to right, enjoy you know um the service honestly, mm-hmm. I even had people um just like you and I are doing now. I have family members um that have come on zoom in the funeral and have you know talked mm-hmm. about and give given you know um you know remarks about their loved ones. And I mean, think about it. That, that hasn't happened um, and for me anyway in 10 right. years. And so I think, yeah, mm-hmm. it's going to change. I think both um, are going to change for the good. You know, I really do. I, I think, you know, when life gives mm-hmm. you lemons, you got to make lemonade, you know. Um, and, and if you don't, right. then you'll be among some of the ones that won't survive. But I think if, if you know, if you right. make the best out of a bad situation, then it it won't affect you in a negative way, but it'll affect you in a positive way because you'll kind of turn those limits into lemonade.
0: Yeah, I, I saw uh, I guess like a meme the other day. It talked about uh, Blockbuster when Netflix yep. came around and they refused to adapt. Yep. You know, so now Blockbuster's gone, yep. and so it's kind of I think like said like you know churches, funerals, they're gonna have to change. Yeah, this is true, without question, without yeah. question. Well. Thanks a lot for coming oh, no on the problem. show. I mean, this was you know, something that I was just wondering about. And I'm sure a lot of people was wondering just, you know, how things are in the funeral industry yeah. right now with the COVID yeah. going on. So thanks for shedding some oh, no light problem. on that. No problem.
1: No problem. All
0: right. Well, I'll talk to you All again right, soon. Thank you for listening. And if you haven't already, please go leave a review and subscribe to the show. Also, go check out our website, thetimewin.net. For more information on this episode and our previous episodes. And remember, everyone has a story.